Yeah, uh, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop laughing when I hear that, but um, welcome back to Glass Case of Emotion. I'm Ryan Blaney here with Kim and Chuck. Uh, that was Kyle Bush after uh, segment two. Was that segment two? Yeah, that was the end of segment two. Uh, and uh, I think he lapped Stenhouse, and Stenhouse uh, pushed him out of the way to get back on the lead lap, and it lost Kyle the the stage win. That's what I think made him the most most upset, but uh, stage racing? That was hey. villainous. That was like a, a a Joker impression almost. It was a maniacal laugh. Yeah. It was like <laughs> Stenhouse. <laughs> I imagine him having like a top hat, a monocle, and like a big old twirly mustache saying that. Is he gonna like? You got me this time. <laughs> he's gonna he's, tie Danica really down the to only, the train tracks. Only villain, I would say. He and his brother Kurt are really the only villains of the sport. I mean, they get you know they get pinned like that, but you know away from the racetrack, they're good good dudes yeah, like I, I enjoy hanging out with them if if you see them around uh you know outside the track they're they're great guys and they get pinned to that as that villains villains of the sport but um they're really really actually nice nice people that's the trouble is like is there really anyone who is a villain like everybody no. just seems like it's good people just having a good time racing yeah because kyle's a family man off the track yeah so yeah I, and then people hate logano that he gets booed but logano's couldn't be nicer off track. Yeah. Personalities are a lot different in the race car and outside the race car. And uh, I think you see that a lot with any really sport, you know, when you put a helmet on or, or things like that in, in football, um, they can act like the meanest people out there trying to rip someone's heads off, but they can be the nicest person out, outside the field. So it, uh, it definitely varies. I'm definitely working on becoming a villain pretty quick. <laughs> the last few weeks have been, uh, have been not great, but uh, I might be in that category here before too long. We can move on from that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so, so moving on. Uh, it was, I don't know. Maybe. Speaking of villainy, did you guys hear on SiriusXM Radio uh, <sighs> Joey Locano <laughs> call into Claire B. Lang's radio show? That was the ultimate April Fool's joke. Yeah. I'm not a huge April Fool's fan because I think it's kind of dumb, but his was good. So he called in pretend, pretending to be a fan of Joey Logano. And he did his best southern accent. Band from Martinsville? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it. Oh, you yeah. didn't see you it? You haven't seen it. What? So he called into Claire's show oh, yeah. and got it, on the air. And it, it was a good three-minute <clears throat> conversation. Yeah. And he was just, they were just talking about the sport and talking about Logano. And that Joey Logano's got three poles there. I think he's going to do real good there on Sunday. Gordon. Yeah. that Ty Gordon. Yeah, they really know how to get it done there. That's but awesome. Br- I think it was Brittany, yeah, his, wife, his wife, videoed it, videoed him on the phone call, and he is trying so hard not to laugh. Huh. He's on the verge of cutting up the entire time. But that was a great prank. So I think it was good. Did he reveal himself at the end of the interview? Not on the video. I don't know if it ever ended up happening. He tweeted it, so obviously. Yeah, they eventually. They eventually I didn't found know, out. Like, at the end of it, he was like, hey, by the way, it's Joey Logano, and like hung up. I don't or, think he, I don't think he did. <laughs> That's cool, though. I didn't see that. How about Danica's and Ricky's fake proposal? I knew, I knew that I knew, was fake yeah. right away. I thought it was fake, but a small sliver of me was like, ooh, 
this could be real because some girls get really touchy about that subject. Like if they've been dating for some somebody for a long time and there there's pressure for a ring. I'm not in that camp. I don't know if Danica's in that camp, but again, that was the one reason where I was like, perhaps this isn't a joke because to joke about that is a little bit of a stretch for some girls. The question is, was it a dual joke where they said, hey, let's play a prank on Instagram or was it Ricky playing a joke on Danica? Because I think then you're in a different category. It's got to be a a joint effort. There's no way... Ricky would fake propose to her. Especially like, before a race. How awful would, yeah, be that, would that. that be? They would actually be a bad person if you did that. <laughs> I think they were in on it together. So Martinsville was great. Have you guys ever had hot dogs there? Uh, a couple. Like maybe. race weekend? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. over my NASCAR career, I've only eaten probably the equivalent of one and a half Martinsville hot dogs. Yeah, because you, <laughs> you ate a bite of one. You No, you, I, I'm going over. You, you ate a bite of one this weekend. I had and then I finished of, the rest of it. I had He did. <laughs> we were doing a shoot. He ate from the opposite end. I <laughs> yeah. need to say this, though. So we were doing a shoot about the Martinsville hot dog. I ate a little more than one bite. It was like maybe two bites, which they're not that big. So that's almost half a dog. Yeah. And I didn't want to waste it. And I know Chuck is a fan. And so I right. offer up this hot dog that is perfectly good outside of the bite I've taken. And he had to start from the other side of the dog and didn't yeah. eat like left Didn't a bite, left a bite left in a between just, where he was eating it and I was eating it. So it was like basically Lady and the Tramp. Ba- yeah, but with a but hot dog. Without, with a hot dog. <laughs> and without like making out at the right, end. That's right, good. Right. He's basically saying that I have cooties, which I don't. I don't know that. Look, I got my cooties shot as a young child, but I don't know what, is it a seven year shot? I don't know how long. I haven't, yeah. I haven't gotten it. It's got to wear off eventually. Yeah. But you can check that out on NASCAR.com, getting a plug in. I believe this Friday, NASCARnivore is the series. It's where Kim goes around and she checks out food at tracks and around the tracks. Oh, I saw you guys. Yeah. I walked yeah. by. That's oh, what we, we were, were shooting that at that time. At, yeah. At we're like, Ryan. nice hat. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, thanks. It was, yeah. it was my uh, corduroy motorcraft racing hat. No, it was good. It was a little bit of a throwback. Corduroy. But yeah, it was, uh, it was nice from like 1980. How but, many dogs uh, did you eat? I don't eat any on race weekends. I haven't, honestly, I haven't had a Martinsville hot dog in probably three years. Uh, I used to eat them a lot when I watched my dad race. Um, I'd have two or three with just chili. I don't get anything else. So just, just a little bit of chili on it. If I eat them on race weekends, it's like it's big trouble. Like that 350 will come around Oof. and it's like. You're clenching? Good. Yeah, clenching. <laughs> That's hard to do when you're pressing a brake pedal too. You know, I, I enjoy the hot dogs. I like them, but they don't really, they're not Sit good well with after you. I have to run 500 laps. Yeah, so yeah. I, I wanted to get. A couple to go, like have them ready to go after the race and have a, a little snack, like have like four or five for on the ride home. But I, I just didn't act upon that. And, and I mean, to see how they're made. <laughs> I don't want to know, regardless of whether it's a Martinsville hot dog or a hot dog from 7-Eleven or one in your on your backyard grill, I don't want to know what's in a hot dog. I think, I don't know. I'm not a scientist here, but I think that it's just like leftover it's like snout to tail. Everything yeah. that's not used for all the other cuts. Of it's, a- it's like bologna, but it's mm-hmm. in, hot, in a in a wiener form, pretty much. I think little casing, and then they Enough. diet red at Martinsville. Yeah, they do diet red. It's very very doesn't look cooked, to be honest with you. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> what's in a brat? Is a brat better for you? I don't. I mean, I love brats. I love brats. I love a good sausage or a brat or an all beef hot dog like sabrets. We used to. My dad and I. We used to go to the home improvement store, well, Home Street Depot, or, or Lowe's, and they would have the vendor outside, yeah. and we would always get a Sabretz 
hot dog after. Huh. That, that's good at like 2 a.m. when you're leaving a bar and they got a street meat cart outside. Oh, street meat. Don't get me started on street oh. meat. You Wait. like street meat? Uh, Costa Rica has the best street meat. <laughs> I want, I can't say in the U.S., in the world. <laughs> in the world. Costa Rica street meat is so great. And I've been told multiple things of what they serve in Costa Rica. Dogs, cats. <sighs> Living together. I've been told alligators, monkeys was a good one. That kind of sketched me out when I was a little bit, I had a few too many, and I'm eating this thing, and I've got my little hot sauce, and I'm pouring it on it. I'm looking at the texture of this meat, and I'm like, I've never seen this texture of meat before. I'm like, it's pretty good, though. I'm going to keep eating it. He's like, you like that? He didn't sound like that. Obviously, he sounded Costa Rican. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, man, it's pretty good. He was like, yeah, that's monkey right there. I don't know if he was serious or not. Maybe. But I was kind of sick for the next two days oh, after no. that. The so. only odd meats I've had are, I grew up in Florida, so gator. I've had gator. It tastes like chicken, but tougher, just like everybody else says. But then a few years ago in Texas, we went to a restaurant called maybe Lonesome Dove. Mm-hmm. Is that a restaurant in Texas? It's a... Mini series. I know that. <laughs> Starring some, I thought it was something dove. Anyway, they're passing around hors d'oeuvres, and it's like this little wonton, like, or, you know, cracker crustini with meat on top. And it looked like beef, but it was a little more purple. So it was a little weird. I was like, this is odd. It looks like steak, but it's a purple color. I don't know. I ate it anyway. It was delicious. And then later we sit down for dinner and the waiter comes by. He was like, did you like the appetizer? And I was like, yes. Whatever was on that wonton cracker thing was delicious. He was like, oh, yeah, the kangaroo. Uh, yeah, that's a thing. You it can- was delicious. Yeah, it is. Uh, a buddy of mine who lives in Belgium sent me a picture the other day in the grocery store. Kangaroo meat. It's a real thing. Yeah. And it looks like steak, but purple. Uh, and it's delicious. <laughs> Um, I'm still confused about this. Yeah, kangaroo. You can eat a kangaroo. Not the boxing ones. Yeah, don't get punched trying yeah. to what? take down Hold- a tank kangaroo. Hold on. They're very muscly. I'll give them that. So yeah. it's good meat. Mm-hmm. Like a thigh? I, mean, I, should, I, get, like, get I don't breast, know what part. I bet you can do all. Yeah. Do they? Pouch do meat? They, do you think they, they sell them? <laughs> <laughs> do they import it? Already all from cooked, Australia? Cut off? I don't know if it was imported kangaroo. I don't know if it was domestic kangaroo. You don't the, get you the don't pic- <laughs> domesticate kangaroos in here. Yeah. <laughs> you take them from the zoo? Is, like, is there no. a kangaroo farm? No, there's no kangaroo Yeah, I raised kangaroo out here in Texas. I mean, it's good terrain Everything for Everything is bigger in Texas. Even the kangaroo meat. Even the kangaroo meat. Well, that's learn something new every day, but... Uh, Back to the hot dogs and bratwurst. <laughs> hot dogs. You know what hot dogs are great at? And the season just started is baseball season. Oh, Opening yeah. Day was yesterday. Nothing Pretty better good. than a hot dog and a cold at a beer game. at a baseball game. Yeah. The Charlotte Knights. Uh, mm-hmm. When do they start? Do you Thursday. Guys Thursday. Oh. I won't be here. But yeah, I will go. not either. I don't have to go to Texas. You have to go to Texas, too? I go to Both Texas. Both of you go to Texas? Yeah. Well, yeah. enjoy the yeah. kangaroo meat while you're there. <laughs> I'll be here watching the Knights, eating a dog, and drinking a beer. Throwing at a kangaroo on a bobby. <laughs> That's a bad Australian accent. That was terrible. What yeah. if what if other tracks adopted the Martinsville hot dog theme? Well, uh, they've tried. A couple of tracks have tried. Talladega does the the big one meatball. I tried that. It was too big. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was good and meaty, but a little little large. Uh, uh, I don't know. But there's something in the center. I feel like they put cheese. Che- yeah, Ugh, like a cheese. Nah, I don't need cheese with my balls. Yeah. Sweaty ball. balls. No, yeah. I think it's gotten out of hand. The whole crazy food at the Foodie sporting culture. events. Go big. What's your go-to at a sporting event? Um. So when I go to a Hornets game, mm-hmm. uh, basketball game, uh, I usually go for 
a beer, any kind of beer. I'm a big uh, old Mecklenburg brewery OMB yeah. guy. So I enjoy theirs. Uh, but then, so they have these, they have nachos there that are awesome. So it's just a bunch of, bunch of chips. Uh, they pour, it's not like nacho cheese though. It's a little bit lighter cheese, which mm-hmm. is nice. Uh, and then you can get chicken on it and really whatever you want on it, guacamole. It's a little messy, but I use a fork. Uh, uh, so that's my go-to when I go to a Hornets game. It's pretty great. The nachos? Yes. I like that. The, the, the section the I've been nachos. in. But I'm, I do chicken. I do chicken as well. You can do chicken or beef. I sometimes combine the two. At the Panthers games, they've got the pork ones, pork nachos. My favorite thing, which I didn't get to eat it that often because I cheered when I was in college, but at the University of Miami, when we were back in the Orange Bowl, I'm sure they do it at the new stadium now, they used to have, because obviously it's a Hispanic culture down there, arepas. Have you um, ever had an arepa? I don't so know if sweet. I have had arepa. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know what that is. No, it's delicious. It's a, it's two sweet corn cakes, okay. like uh, about that size, uh-huh. yay big, about the size of a hamburger bun. And then sandwich in between is fresh mozzarella or fresh cheese. Okay. And it's nice and warm and toasty. Go on. I think actually they sell them at Homestead Miami Speedway too. There's one little stand. Hmm. Those are delicious. Awesome. What about when places have done meat as the bread? Meat. You guys is are looking at bread. me like I'm crazy. Wasn't so it, do they do? Wasn't it like KFC or somebody that did like yeah. two patties of chicken with like. Then a bun another in the, and then a, no, then a loaf of bread in the middle. No, either a hamburger or another chicken in the middle like or cheese. KFC chicken. doesn't serve hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> they serve chicken. It's Kentucky Fried Chicken. They don't serve that. No. I, I agree though. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, just all didn't meat. They, didn't yeah. they do it at Taco Bell? It was the, oh, maybe the tortilla was, it. was a breaded it, chicken. That was thing. it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, mean, I did. I had that before. Um, how quickly well? did, did you have a heart well. attack after eating it? I was halfway through it, and I felt uh, things started to stop up yeah. in the arteries. And then about an hour later, it was it was just disastrous. It's so. like the meat sweats, the worst. <laughs> Great. <laughs> disgusting. When you said uh, the meat is the bread, do you know what, like, flashed into my mind? What? The ceiling is the roof. I knew <laughs> you were going to say that. Yeah. Oh, I thought you, were <laughs> <laughs> you missed it. There it is. There it is. I had it turned down. The ceiling is the roof. I'm not a Tar Heel fan, but everybody in the city of Charlotte apparently is, including yeah. Chuck. Hey, I'm Tar Heel born. I'm Tar Heel bred. And when I die, I'll be Tar Heel dead. Do you bleed <laughs> sky blue? Actually, I bleed red. Most humans bleed red. <laughs> Just saying. Do you have Tar? What is a Tar Heel, number one? And why do they have a ram as their mascot? Well, history lesson right here, if uh-huh. you will indulge me for a second. The Tar Heel is... Possibly referring to the Revolutionary War when the North Carolina soldiers uh, would cross the Tar River. Uh, Sorry, the British soldiers when they crossed the Tar River. (laughs) Our producer is in our Uh, ears snoring because Chuck is putting us to sleep with his history lesson. Anyway, it either comes from the Revolutionary War or the Civil War because they stuck like tar and they didn't run off in the fight. Uh, Ramses, the ram uh, in the 1930s. Are you bullshitting us no, right I'm now? No, I'm not bullshitting you. Uh, there was a fullback Where? for the Tar Heels. His nickname was the Battering Ram. His nickname was the Battering Ram. Get rid of <laughs> when Chuck we need a The beauty button. is I can cut this out. That is true. Side note, I hate when teams, and I went to two schools that do this, have a different mascot than the actual school mascot. whatever mascot. I like the, their so, name. I'm going to say the Alabama. You can't have like a wave. 
around <laughs> like a tidal oh, wave. It's like Carolina. Would you have a foot walking around? They then use, don't call yourself the Tar Heel. They, they I'm Skippy the Tar Heel. Picture of the foot with the tar on the heel for stuff. Yeah, that is the identity of the state from back. We've been called Tar Heels since the earliest days. Well, I will get Ohio State Buckeye as their as their thing. It's a foolish. You wouldn't think there'd be a giant Buckeye head there running is. around, yeah. but there is. They Rufus. at least stuck with their name. Yeah, yeah. Rufus is running around just throwing out Buckeyes to people. You get a Buckeye, you get a Buckeye, yeah. you get a Buckeye. Like last night in the game, you get a foul, you get a foul, you get a oh foul. Oh, my God, it was yeah. terrible. The, the, ref, the uh, yeah. refereeing? Yeah, the refereeing. Is that how you would, is that how you conjugate referee into a Referees? Refereeing. Officiating? Ref- officiating? Officiating. Officiating would be, would be uh, I think, the... More appropriate. The more appropriate uh, pronunciation. Uh, but, yeah, it was bad. The second half was, uh, was very, very bad, and everybody got into foul trouble, and then it changed the way they played, and... Uh, I don't know. Just let them play. It's the national championship, and some of these fouls is like there's two big dudes down the paint, and let them go at it a little bit. Maybe their refs were out of breath and they needed a break or something. <laughs> Too much running. I'm gonna slow this down. Yeah, or they were just running and tried to breathe heavy, and the whistle happened just be in their mouth. And when they blow it, you got it. You got to call a foul. You know, you can't be like, oh, whistle for nothing. I don't know. I'm going I accidentally off the rails whistled. Here, they got new whistles, but you know, Carolina, they now have their sixth. National title in basketball, uh, seventh if you count the pre-tournament era, 1924. I know it's pretty six good. Six and a half. Six and a half? Yeah. They were still champions of the nation. It's true. We are the champions. Oh, you guys just did that, huh? Yeah. Wow. It's very cliche. But anyway. Well, on the line now, we've got a, a 6'9 power forward out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, number 34 in your programs, number one in the hearts of Tar Heel Nation, J.R. Reed. How you doing, man? Hey, thank you. Hey, pleasure to be with you guys, and thanks for that great introduction, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you having having you on. I know we were just talking about the game a little bit ago, and and uh, your Tar Heels pulled it off. It was, uh, it was a decent game. But uh, I really wanted to get your take on the officiating. I, I thought uh, the second half was was pretty interesting of how they were calling uh, every single touch. It was. You know, first half was a pretty good uh, tournament championship. But that second half, man, it's like that. Like you're playing blackjack and you've got that 16. We call it that mother-in-law hand. You want to hit them, but you can't. You just wanted to hit the referees, take them out back, man. They're messing up the flow of this doggone game, but... Hey, the Tar fans like the way that the team stuck it up at halftime, came back, realized that if they just ran through their plays and looked through all their options and not quick, take the first quick open shot, that it would be, it would bold much better for them. And they did. They counted the ball inside. Dick Meeks came through for them. Justin Jackson didn't have one of his better games, but Joel Barry stepped up. You know, and that's what this team has done all year. They've been able to pound the ball inside, crush you on the offensive board, and then have players step up and make key plays for you throughout the season. And this was a fabulous win for the Tar Heels. Well, in this team, the core of the team was there last year, made it all the way to the championship game, lost in that close game to Villanova. What does it take to get a team, and with a coach like Roy Williams, to get them to come back together and make it back to that game? Well, great question. But first, let me say this about Roy Williams. You know, I think now a lot of naysayers have been put to bed. A lot of haters had to go lay down somewhere and take a nap because, you know, Roy Williams getting back two years in a row with the teams who probably maybe might 
this year's team probably wasn't the most talented of some of the other teams that he's gotten there, but he did it two years in a row under a whole lot of pressure. All eyes flying on you, but he did it with no one-and-done guys. So he bucked the odds. You know, Carolina did it in their traditional style, playing the game the right way, playing from the inside out. And that's the important key for the Tar Heels. When they play from the inside out, everything else opens up instead of drink jacking up 22 and 25 with three pointers. So for Roy Williams and the Tar Heels, I'm happy about them getting this opportunity to quiet a lot of the fans and non-fans that are out there around the country about Carolina basketball. And just a fabulous, gutsy win last night from a very, very ugly game. That's three national titles for Roy Williams now. That's rare air for a basketball coach in the NCAA. I got to ask you this. Franklin Street. Saw some of the footage there from last night. What is that atmosphere like when there's a big win on campus in Chapel Hill? Well, only a few schools. The big schools that have had an opportunity to win titles and big games know that feeling. And you, as you mentioned, have been down there. And you know it. I know it as a player, as a student. And as a business owner, I owned players on Franklin Street for 14 years. So I had an opportunity to witness it firsthand. And from a business model, it's terrific. We've got one of the greatest fan bases in, in the country. And, and we're all over. Everywhere you look, not only in Chapel Hill, the state of North Carolina, but around the nation. And when you go, I travel the world, I see Tar Heel T-shirts everywhere. And the support for our school is tremendous. And that Franklin Street energy you know, it's fabulous. Hopefully everyone had a good time last night. No one got hurt. I haven't seen anything come across the ticker yet. So I think we, we did a good job of doing it safely, I'm hoping. And, um, you know, that's a tremendous atmosphere. And I just hope our fans and students enjoyed it last night. JR, I got to ask, you're from the Commonwealth of Virginia. We got two racetracks in that state. And then you spend some time in Charlotte with the Hornets. We got a racetrack here. Have you been to a NASCAR race? Come on now, I'm a Virginia Beach native. <laughs> Bloodline. I don't care what culture, what background you're from, you know something about racing. And I know that, for instance, they're opening up the Langley Seed uh, way, I think, back up in our area. And Langley up in the uh, Hampton area. So I know they're excited about that in the Tidewater area. But myself, personally, I had a, a opportunity down in the late 80s when I was drafted by the Hornets. Uh, Mark Hatchett, the old... <laughs> Uh, the old GM for Alltel took uh, took me to the Coca-Cola 600, and the other one at the Charlotte uh, uh, Speedway flew us in on a helicopter. Oh, man, I got the opportunity to witness it firsthand and, and did a little stint also up at the junior college assistant coach up in Martinsville at Patrick Henry, so I got the opportunity to see the Martinsville Speedway as well. So I, I'm a big fan of NASCAR, always have been. Man, I drive a 1970 Chevrolet. I'm about to drop a crate engine in there this summer. So, man, I got the V8 American muscle powers in my blood, man. Well, hey, I, I hear on that. Uh, I got a question. Did you fall asleep during the 600? A lot of people do. Uh, no. Man, man, you're in the race, man. You're down there in pit road, dude. There's no sleeping. You're standing as hot as hell, as loud. <laughs> oh, man, there's energy all around, and you really get a real – respect for it when you get an opportunity to go and see it live. I tell people that the same about when you watch games, the basketball games, the football games on television, not to actually get there, see how fast things are moving and the energy that's in one place at one time. You truly gain a, a respect for it, and I have that with NASCAR. And I'm a big fan 
my boy Matt, uh, Brad Darty. I've got a, a JTG race, and I got to tell you, I watched them as well. Well, that's good. That's what I tell a lot of race fans who haven't been to an actual track and they're undecided about. Uh, the sport is you have to get to one until you can see how fast the cars go and you can hear the engine and you can see the intensity. Uh, I wanted to ask you, though, so that you went to the 600 in Charlotte, and how does that level of intensity in the atmosphere compare to, like, the Final Four or the National Championship game? Uh, I know it's tough to compare the two, but I want to get your thoughts on that. The only reason why it would be tough to compare the two is because I think the Final Four is more of a finalization of a culmination of the whole tournament coming down to that one game, you know, and in race, you know, every week you might have a different race, different city, but that being said, the energy is still there, knowing that you have these guys out here pitted against each other, going one-on-one, these machines, hauling around this track, man, it's fabulous, it's fabulous, and the fan support there is great. The atmosphere where you bring your family, you can pull up in your RV, and you camper and hang out, it's wonderful. Only thing I hate, man, I got caught a couple times trying to drive up to Atlantic City and got caught in doggone Dover race weekend. <laughs> that ain't that's nothing sweet, man. That ain't nothing nice right there. <laughs> well, we know you cheer for the Tar Heels. You obviously mentioned JTG Dowdy uh, on the NASCAR scene. You played for so many different NBA teams. We mentioned the Hornets. There's the Knicks, the Spurs, the Lakers. You did some stints uh, all around the country. When you retire, who do you ultimately end up cheering for on the NBA side? Well, that's a great question. But see, us old guys, we don't really cheer. We look for teams where we had a connection or teammates. Or you might have a former player coaching or still playing. That's the guys that you really pull for. Myself, you know, like like you mentioned, I played 11 years in the NBA and three overseas, two spins in Charlotte. Man, I played next alongside a lot of Hall of Famers. Played with Kobe and Shaq. Played with Ray Allen in Milwaukee. You know, I had David Robinson and Dennis Robin with them in San Antonio. So I have truly been blessed, and I never overlooked that. But uh, I like the Spurs because of the way that they play. They play the right way. They play unselfishly and move the ball. I did have a big follow of the Lakers, uh, Mitch Kupchak, but he's no longer there. So I don't know if I'm going to be following this closely, but it's an interesting time, you know, for all the sports teams. I think the NBA has really accelerated. It's got a great following as NASCAR has proved that it has done. It's got a big following. It has its place in sports. And it's an interesting time. There's a lot of great sports stories going on. And, you know, I'm just appreciative to be able to still be relative, be an old guy, and get to call in and talk to you guys on a NASCAR show about basketball, man. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. It uh, definitely means a lot that you take some time out of your day to do it. So, And I got one question. You also played with uh, Patrick Ewing and news out of Charlotte. He is now leaving the Hornets and going to coach at Georgetown, his alma mater. You know, a storied program there, and he played a big part on, in it. Uh, what's your take on his move to Georgetown? Nice question. He, uh, Patrick Ewing, let me tell you, first and foremost, I played with him in the New York Knicks one of the hardest-working Hall of Famers and great players of all time. A lot of great players don't always have that work ethic. He's the first one in, last one to, to leave when he was a player. And I think that mindset carried over to him as an assistant coach for 15 years, I think with four teams, if I'm correct. And he put his time in. He really has. And now one of Georgetown's greatest players is coming back to have the opportunity to lead this team, hopefully back into greatness with a tremendous thing. He's really excited about this opportunity. I'm sure 
And um, I'm just looking for great things for him at, at Georgetown. It'll be a, a welcome addition. Well, JR, it is indeed a great day to be a Tar Heel, and we thank you so much for joining us here on Glass Case of Emotion. Anytime. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Appreciate it. Got to tell you, got to be honest, growing up here, uh, that's kind of cool. Did you fangirl? I did not go as far as Blaney and seeing uh, uh, Daisy Ridley. Yeah, it's tough to go. But you did blush. You were red. Yeah. You were red the whole time. Well, it is warm in here, you know. I'm... It's warm in here. This glass case. Yeah. Really. We got Ricky. Those you can't see, Ricky Rackman is in the studio behind us. Ricky Ratchman. Ratchetman is uh, giving his, I don't know what he's doing. He does a radio show. He does a radio show? Can we call into that radio <laughs> show right now? have him on Are they doing week. it live? Did they do it live know. or is it live to tape? Like I want to tap on the glass, yeah. but I don't want to interrupt if hey, they're live. you and... It, it is tape. You should go up yeah. and be like, I'm in a glass case of motion. <laughs> <laughs> we also had a couple of Blaney fans uh, looking in uh, on Ricky children. Rackman. Really? They didn't see you over here. But, yeah, they're heading into the NASCAR Hall of Fame on this beautiful sunny day here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Look at that. Yeah, I saw a group of uh, school children going in there, so that was cool to see that uh, they're checking out what's going on. But um, a lot of fans here this morning, a lot of fans at the Hall of Fame. I didn't notice Speaking that. Of fans. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I see what he did. I, he was looking at Kim like, Kim, take this. Oh, you wanted me to take it? You yeah. Wanted, you wanted, wanted me to take the really bad transition? to talk about yeah, there were a lot of this. fans at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and speaking of fans, speaking of fans, there was a woman who broke a world record for stopping fans, and we're talking actual air-producing fans, fan blades, we should say, with yes. her tongue. Yeah, I don't get that. Here's the thing, though. She broke the record, and then somebody broke it right after her. Yeah. Like, re-broke she's, it. She's Australian, so she's been testing the kangaroo meat, and then there was a guy from... Somewhere here in the U.S., maybe Texas. I'm going to go with Texas. It's probably not. But he got 35 blades in one minute. Oof. She had 32. Are they metal or are they plastic? Hers looked to be metal. His uh, looked like plastic fans. I have so many questions. For instance, what's the fan, the speed of the fan? Has to be on the highest setting. Per Guinness World Records uh, judging criteria. Are all the fans the same? Yes. Like in terms of the make, the model? For the woman, the Australian woman in Italy on a TV show doing this, she has two fans in either hand and she just alternates between the two fans, stopping them with her tongue. Essentially licking the fans. Yes. The man in the United States just goes down the line. Just goes down the line and like had 35 uh, lined up and just went back. I don't bap, know what's bap. easier. Well, I think having them in a line would be very efficient. Well, he got the record, so clearly yeah. there was an advantage huh. there. I don't think I could stop. A fan with my tongue. I would be too afraid to put afraid my it tongue would, like, in there. Snip off the tip of it. Snip the tip. Snip the tip. <laughs> what? Well, what world record would you go after? That's interesting. I don't know what record. There's I could so break. many. There's some pretty ridiculous ones. I don't think yeah. I have the ability to do any world records. But world records. World I records. will say. <laughs> Kim's been drinking before the show. <laughs> When my sister and I were little, we did enjoy fans. We had a fan in our room, and we would stop the fan and put all of our toys on the blades while it was stopped. And then we would go in the corner where the switch was and count down and then launch and turn the fan on. And then it would slowly pick up speed till it hit the highest, and all of the toys would just fly off. This was a ceiling fan. Yeah. Ceiling yeah, you fan. put, like, Beanie Babies on a ceiling yeah, fan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It'd just be raining beating babies. 
Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Speaking of fans, this actually brought brought it up. A ceiling fans. I was at uh, one of my friend's houses. Uh, he works at the Penske Racing Organization. He all of a sudden broke out glow sticks. He was like, hey, let's have a glow stick party. It wasn't just me and him, by the way. It was uh, like, like it was a rave? Like Ten other people. Do you have glow stick moves? Like you would at a rave where it's, uh, I, you can't see it on a podcast, but well, where you twirl it with your hands You twirl them, but I taped glow sticks to the fan, and it was just a trippy, crazy cyclone of glow stickness. Yes. It was great. I was I felt like an engineer for a little bit. I think we just Pretty got great. our podcast title for the week, Crazy Cyclone of Glow. <laughs> I like that. It's better yeah. than a cyclone of yeah. sharks. Uh, so, no, was no was th- there was a cyclone of sharks. Well, not sharks, like Sharknado, one shark. Yeah. So you tweeted about it, didn't you? Uh, I tweeted something about that. So I saw the story. Uh, I forget where it was. Was it in Australia? Yeah, it was in Australia. Australia. Big storm come in, and all of a sudden a shark is just sitting on the road, and it just carried it in. Pretty much a, a monsoon on the way to Martinsville on Friday morning. And Were you fearing that you might run into some sharks? Might might see a shark on the highway. So, and then that got people saying in Sharknado three when Joey and Brad. Oh were, hell no! <laughs> that is my favorite. <laughs> we're in that movie. So, and it, then I think they got eaten by sharks, right? Yeah, they like did. Th- that scene. You see Brad look up and say, "Oh hell no!" And then the shark just <laughs> like. Ah. Why weren't you in this? I didn't get invited, I guess. Dang it. Yeah, I would love to be in Sharknado 4. Are they on 4? Let's put that Seven. out there. 7, 5, 10. I'd like to be in any of them. Yeah. And we could we could. I want you to something. live, though, and be... I want to live! <laughs> and be like, a, I don't know, a shark expert or something in the movie. I could, like, make friends with the sharks and then control them. You could be the villain. Yeah, then you'd be the villain in that movie. If you're controlling sharks... No, but I'll control and I like to do... Like to only eat like burglars and like bad people and stuff. Control them for good. Yeah, you control the bad things for it's like Suicide Squad. You're controlling the bad people to do good things. Yeah. <laughs> no? I wanted freaking no? sharks with freaking lasers on their head. <laughs> and I get sea bass. Are they mutated sea bass? <laughs> they are. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Well, this is going off the rails really hard. <laughs> but I mean, you know. Well, it happens for everybody here. Thanks for joining. <laughs> you want well, me to hit the music? We'll, we'll end this thing right here. Um, watch out for sharks. Watch yeah, out for everybody. Yeah. It's spring break. Yeah, really yes. watch out for sharks. There's a lot of sharks out there. You down at the Dirty Mert or you down at PCB, look out for them the sharks. Dirty D. That's the Dirty D. That's what I call Daytona. Daytona? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watch out for sharks. Have a good one. Thank you, J.R. Reed, for being on. Hopefully we'll see you. Uh, We'll hear, you'll hear from us next week. Don't Who see knows? Us next Maybe week. you'll see us sometime. You never know. Oh, my gosh. That reminded me. What? Two fans stopped me on pit road at Martinsville and said, I listen to your podcast. We love you guys. And they are our self-proclaimed 19th and 20th listeners. Yes! Yeah! 19 and 20. That's a perfect way to end the show. Boom. There it is.